0: It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, November 24th. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that wishes we could have a happier Thanksgiving after a Flyers win.
1: It's just not possible.
0: We're going to talk about that one. Plus, we are going to talk about Cutter Gautier and our Thanksgiving wishes all on today's show. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at R. Miriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow our podcast on Twitter or Instagram at Locked on Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date with our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so you can subscribe there as well. Russ, we had a bit of a switcheroo surprise in net with Felix Sandstrom going in. I think that was the right move you know, in terms of opponents and making sure you give Carter Hart a rest, the Flyers mm-hmm. are pa- facing the pens and the Islanders who are two really, you know, on the move upwards teams this weekend. And so uh, I think giving Carter Hart some rest was the right move. And Sandstrom had a pretty solid game.
1: Oh yeah. There's, there's no fault of his. He he did have a very good game. Uh, 29 of 32 is fine. Uh, nothing, nothing he did wrong. So yeah, I, I thought that was a very good move, actually.
0: I don't think Sandstrom did anything to deserve that ending to that no. game. Um, I'm actually really happy with his games that he's played so far. And I feel like he's even getting stronger and stronger the more games he gets.
1: Yeah, he's, he's you know making a lot more saves on some real high danger chances where you start to say, yeah, well, Felix Sandstrom is, is, is really growing here.
0: Yeah, we also had Jackson Cates checking in in lieu of Max Willman. I like that move. Uh, I think that, you know, Willman hadn't contributed as much as maybe we would have liked uh, over his games recently. And so putting Jackson Cates in there, I think at least giving him a chance was was a good move. Didn't get a ton of ice time, but he thought he did post, okay out there. He got a
1: post late, though. He had a chance to score. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I think now that we really have to talk about this overtime loss to the Washington Capitals, man, it's always the worst when Ovi is the guy that does it too. But <laughs> um, you what to are you going
1: to do? do? You do. Uh,
0: I think that the two biggest problems with the Flyers in this game and both of them have been, I think problematic in many games this season is the Flyers power play uh number 1 where they had three shots on goal on that first power play but none for the rest of the game in the other opportunities including a power play where the Caps got three shots on goal. Yeah, they had like the short-handed. Point. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: that's demoralizing uh the fact that Again, I've had some people, you know, like on Twitter say, well, look, the Flyers don't really have a lot of talent for the power." – I'm like, listen, they have enough talent to score on power plays. I've seen do teams do it with less. It's more about what you do and how you do it than who's even on it sometimes. And they just know how – I mean, again, people could say I'm picking on him but D'Angelo even got picked on by Eddie Olchek on the broadcast because he is just not playing the way he should be playing on the power play. And no. He's not and
0: Tippett's still in the wrong spot. He's
1: in the wrong spot. We've talked about this for three shows.
0: Yeah. I, I just I need them it. to move him. I I don't understand how that power play unit is working and how they're being coached. I would like to know exactly how they're being coached as to why they're doing what they're doing. I think that would provide a, a large degree of clarity here.
1: Yeah. And the penalty kill, just they need to go back to square one. It's it's just brutal.
0: You know, again, it could have been worse with the PK, but at the same time, it, it didn't look good. It didn't look good. They got some results, but it didn't look good.
1: We talked about it before the show started. We said if they give them three or four power plays, the Caps are going to score on one or two of them. And they did. Yeah. And so, like, that's that's predictable. Now, again, maybe the percentages aren't as bad as what we're saying, but it just doesn't look good. It doesn't look confident. And, again, a lot of times teams' best penalty killers aren't superstar players. So you don't have to have superstar players for all these things. And look, at the end of the day, the Caps were a team that were not playing well. Would they lose four straight before this game? And, you know, and and the Flyers had leads. And again, they don't know how to play with a lead. They just can't. And that's the same as last year.
0: Yeah, we did say specifically that the Flyers should score three goals to win this game. And they scored two and they lost three to two. So
1: Yeah, we talked about the race to three. I mean, that yeah. You know, you're playing the Capitals. No matter how bad they're playing, you know that certain guys are going to end up doing well. And so, yeah, you had to focus on getting that third. Jackson Cates got really close. It was a nice play. He took off the wall and, and just hit the post. But, again, there's more things going on with this team. And you can see there's frustration from the coach. Even if the coach doesn't say he's frustrated at the end of the game, he was frustrated in that game. Trust me.
0: He was. I think the other frustrating part of it is the three-on-three overtime. I think we've seen time and time again the Flyers just cannot get it together. This time they got stuck out there too long and were playing tired. And, you know, they just did not even get possession. I mean, we've seen both kinds of problems, right? In this game, they couldn't get possession because they were too tired. In previous games, they had possession and did nothing with it. And so I feel like there's just an all-around need to revamp whatever it is they're doing. I feel like when you're
1: on the road, you've got to put your best skaters uh, out there because you know you're on the long change, and they have the short chain. So you know that these guys are going to be out there longer. Like you just, you know that that's going to happen.
0: Yeah. I think one of the ways we also could tell that Torres was frustrated is not challenging that tying goal at the end because he had no confidence that his team could kill off a penalty. And that's my guess as to why he didn't challenge. No, I agree
1: with you. I because he didn't look at it long enough. They didn't even look at it long enough. He was just he basically, you know, for lack of a better term, since there's football tomorrow, he punted. He was just like, you know what? No.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, I think more of a minor issue, and I say minor relative to those two main issues that we've talked about. That second period was also a mess in that they were outshot 14 to 5. Yeah. It was really ugly. And, you know, they came out of it clean on the score sheet, but it, it was you know, very problematic that they couldn't maintain clear cut possession. And I think they ran into, again, one of the repeated problems that they've had this season where they do the right thing in terms of the stick work to try and dispossess the puck from the other team, but then they can't get to the puck again. They don't have the puck support to get clear possession of the puck. And then you saw the caps would get it right back time and time again, that they just couldn't, you know, have each other's back in terms of that puck possession.
1: Yeah, there are some guys that, you know, they're not giving up on plays, but they're just not doing everything 100%, especially at the end of games. And I do think it's it's costing them. And that's something where I think the coach does need to sort of get with these guys. I know which guys to put out there. Like two games ago, you had Zach McEwen out there late. And of course, his stick broke. That's not his fault. But why was right. he out there anyhow? Like, it's just... You, you have to really decide and, and you know we're at the point in the season now no matter the injuries you should know who should be out there late to try and hold the lead for you like you should actually know that already that shouldn't be like still be guesswork out here and and it seems like it's still guesswork and and that's you know that's a little bit scary for me
0: yeah i think so too uh one last thing i, I it's very good to see morgan frost get on the board yes. i thought he actually played pretty decently considering how much ice time he got relative Mm -hmm. to what his usual minutes are so uh, I was very pleased with that and we will end on that good note coming up next we're going to talk about maybe the future of the Flyers and Cutter Gautier
1: Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer, esports, and of course the NHL. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like ours, you can find those on BetOnline as well. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts.
0: Check out Locked On Sports Today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today available on this app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Russ, we said we were going to check in on Cutter Gautier, our first round draft pick from this past draft, and we are doing that today. Uh, As we remember, he was born in Sweden, but plays for the United States internationally, and he's a a pretty big guy, Mm 6'3", and... Uh, he was a member of the U.S. National Team Development Program, had a really successful career there for the U18 team this past year. He had 34 goals and 31 assists for 65 points in 54 games. And he has been a wing and a center, but right now he is a freshman at Boston College and mostly been playing center mm-hmm. and uh, thought it'd be a good time to check in and see how he's doing. And so far, it was a little shaky right at the outset, but he's settled in nicely and is playing really well right now.
1: Yeah, I think right now he's hit a good spot. I'm trying to calculate his faceoff percentage because college hockey just doesn't do that for us. 40.3. So, he's still got some work to do there, but again, it's a new league for him. He, um, you know, he's got nine points. That's pretty good. He had one three-point game against Northeastern. I I like the speed. Obviously, that was always good. His shot was always going to be good. Um, He's going to have to start blocking more shots, though. He only has one block shot. Like, for all those people that are like, hey, you know, at the end of the year, he talked about coming over to the Flyers and – He's going to be a flyer. Uh, He's going to have to do some things he's not currently doing if that's still going to hold true and John Tortorella wants him. But I'm not really worried about that this moment. At this moment, he's doing really well. Uh, He is getting better at that position at this level. I think, you know, based on what I'm seeing in the early going here, I would prefer he stay another year and play center at Boston College. And really get better at center. You know, that's, to me, is better than playing at the end of the year and having Tortorella throw him in, and maybe he plays center, maybe he plays wing. I would rather him uh, really become, you know, a dominant player in Kalachaki, because right now he's not a dominant player. You know, we always talk about, like, Adam Fantilli. If you want to watch him and who's younger, that's a dominant player. You know, Cutter is not there yet.
0: Right. Now he can show that he has controlled a game at a time, yeah. but you have to do that consistently across yes. the board. And I think you're spot on in terms of him learning the center position a little better. You mentioned faceoffs; That's definitely something he needs to work on. I think he needs to work on his vision as a center a little bit in terms of making sure he's driving play and he's the one that sets up the plan for that attack and everybody knows it on his team. I think that's really kind of the thing that's missing here on the offensive side of things. And of course, like you can always get better defensively and, and focus more on that. Um, I do think the offensive side of his game is going pretty well so far. He's got 29 shots on goal total. And of those nine points that you mentioned, six of them are goals. So Mm -hmm. he is taking those shots and Mm -hmm. has confidence on that side of things. And I think that's the good side of it. And that's what he should be good at now without question. And Uh, He did get bumped over to wing for one game, but then quickly came back because they realized that wasn't really the best thing for him. But I do think that he's uh, doing okay so far.
1: He is. I mean, coaches are always going to uh, tinker around. Uh, You know, there was a point he had a four game point streak. That's good. He you know, again, he's playing against older and bigger players, so there's going to be a stepping up point. I think you were right when you were saying there, are, you know, we pointed out some of the games where he was controlling them. He's going to have to do more of that. He's going to have to, you know, have a good showing in the bean pot, all things like that with a little more pressure. He's used to pressure. Look, he played for the national program, but there, you know, there's even a different level now that he's going to reach in college hockey. So I am not going to make any great proclamations. I'm just going to say, hey, he's he's on schedule here. He's doing well. And that's the main thing is that. You know, he's in the competitive program and he's doing well. So that's that's what you want.
0: Yeah, as far as his path to the NHL, I think I agree with you. Well, I know I agree with you in terms of staying at BC at least one more year after this one, because I think, especially given that the Flyers have struggled with centers um, and Sean Couturier aside, who is a very, very good center, who just has been injured But in terms of developing centers that stick there, um, it's been a bit of a struggle. And so I would rather him spend that time at Boston College getting more uh, of a handle on everything that a center has to do, like you said. So I would say two, maybe even three years, if it makes sense for him from a B.C., you know, revenge year or whatever it is that that whatever he wants to accomplish at B.C., you know, I think that some of these kids say they only want to go to college for the one year or something. Then they get there and they have camaraderie and oh, yeah. a real dedication to their programs and want to thrive there and want to have success and like win that bean pot, win those championships in their conference and all of that. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens to him.
1: Right. I mean, if you if you look at it like you know, Gauthier is a more talented guy overall. Noah Cates, but Noah Cates spent a lot of time playing center in college. He did, and it's helped him out. And so it's like, it's not going to hurt him, but going to right. the NHL a little early playing third line center, or even playing on the wing again, and then hoping to be a center the next year could hurt him. And so the, yeah, I I'm, I'm just going with the cautionary path here. Uh, get as excited as you want about him. He's a, you know, he's a really good player. Uh, I'm not going to use anything more than that. No star, superstar, none of that yet.
0: No, uh, that is definitely true. And yeah, he's just somebody we're going to have to keep an eye on. And I think that while maybe I would have picked somebody else in this draft, this was not a bad pick no. per se. And that you know he has a lot of developing to do. And mm-hmm. I I think that for him to join the team at the right time. In terms of the overall team improving, I think that'll be better for him in the long run to come into a positive environment that he can contribute to. And so could be next year, could be the year after. Uh, He is on TV or at least on apps a bunch. So you can watch him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boston College's next game is Friday versus Notre Dame. It's on ESPN Plus at four. And so you have a chance to maybe watch a little of his game before Flyers versus Pens.
1: Yeah, definitely watch him. He's entertaining. Uh, you know, the, he's an excellent skater. Like he is a fun guy to watch. I, I definitely would tell everybody to watch.
0: All right. Well, it is Thanksgiving and we are going to. Uh, present our Thanksgiving Day wishes and what we're thankful for after this. Russ, once again, happy Thanksgiving to you. And, you know, sometimes- thanks. Sometimes it's hard to come up with things we're thankful for, especially when it comes to the Flyers, but we are going to do that and uh, maybe cause some controversy about our favorite side dish as well, but uh, what is your thing you're thankful for in terms of the Flyers?
1: What I'm thankful for is I'm impressed with the fan base. I thought maybe the Calgary game was going to be uh, you know, not that well attended, especially so close to Thanksgiving. And I would say they were probably at like, you know, 65% capacity, something like that, maybe 60%, a lot more than I thought. And so I'm thankful for that because, you know, as a, um, as a reporter, it does help if the fans are there and the atmosphere is up, it does, it does, it just gives you a better feeling. So I am thankful for that.
0: I am as well. I do think that there's a genuine care in the Flyers fan base that all we want is for this team to be good. And our frustration is because we feel like that maybe there isn't the attention to detail that needs to be there in order to make this team good. And we just want good things for the boys in orange and black. I think for me, I'm grateful for everybody else in the Flyers organization, let's say other than the GM management side of things. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, from the ticket sales to the marketing, social media, event staff, everybody else in the organization, you can say is doing a bang up job, all of them are doing the best they can with a team that is struggling. And I think, you know, especially on the social media marketing side, it's it's a tough task. It's a little bit of
1: a, a slog right now.
0: It is, it is, you know, and, and the sales staff trying to sell tickets. I just think, you know, they're doing such great work, and we should all thank them for the work that they're doing, and I appreciate them.
1: Yeah, listen, I mean, from the time I walk on the door, uh, the people who are, you know, checking your phone and checking your bag, they're really nice, and you go in, and the elevator people are nice, and I go up, and People in the press box who work there have, you know, certain things that they say to me that I say back to them pretty much every time. And, you know, the guy who sits near the press box either gives you a high five or we say hello and we talk. The person who's, you know, working at the popcorn station, always have a chat with. It all makes for a better atmosphere. It does. I mean, I can tell you it's a lot better atmosphere now, even though they're slipping a little as a team. Then, what was it, 06 when they were in last place? Everybody was depressed there. The ticket rippers, everybody. Like it was all bad. It's not like that right now. So, that's, I give everybody credit for that.
0: As for hockey in general, I am grateful for the growth of women's hockey. I think there's so much happening right now. Uh, they just set a record for attendance at like a non Olympic or world championship. Game for women's hockey in Seattle uh, for one of the rivalry series games between the USA and Canada, which the USA won.
1: Yeah, it was over 14,000. That's good.
0: Yeah, it was phenomenal. The PHF season is underway and uh, the PWHPA. Dream Gap Tour is going. I'm going to see them this weekend in Pittsburgh. And the future is very, very bright for women's hockey. But there's a lot of good stuff going on right now. So I am grateful for that.
1: No, I'm grateful for it, too. I mean, I've always kept like half an eye on, on those leagues as much time as I could, you know, spend. And, you know, I've interviewed Hillary Knight at least two or three times and always a delight. And she got her 87th point, the most in IIHF history. I was watching, you know, that wasn't lost on me. That's a pretty amazing athlete for any hockey player, for any type, male or female. So, uh, you know, I hope that, yeah, they they do get more attendance like that everywhere. It's, it's very deserving. And uh, even, you know, I could even tell you, I've tried three times to pitch a book for women's hockey and each time, and it's, you know, been years apart for each, each time it gets, you know, thrown back at me like hey i don't think there's enough support or whatever so someday it's going to work out but i'm hoping that you know it happens soon because it's everybody's deserving of it
0: absolutely all right as for just life in general what are you thankful for at this thanksgiving
1: for life in general well i have both my parents here i mean at my age i'm a you know 59 year old going to be 59 actually going to be 60 this year 59 now uh, and so my parents are, you know, much older and they're both still around and I could still have conversations with them. And that's, to me, that's an amazing thing. I don't think I ever thought that that would be possible because you never think you're going to be my age when you're young. And so now that I am, uh, I'm really thankful for that. I'll see them on Thanksgiving and we'll have a good time.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. I am very grateful to be in Pittsburgh. I know that sounds weird for a Flyers fan. (laughs) I've been to Pittsburgh
1: so much of my life now, it doesn't sound weird to me.
0: Yeah, the uh, my family is here, so I am spending the time with my brother and his family and everybody's getting together, so that should be good. Very excited about the meal and I know like side dishes at Thanksgiving are very important to a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I used to love those sweet potatoes with marshmallows on it's it garbage. when I was a kid. It's just Now garbage. it's for grownups. I don't know that it's it's a very good thing. Yeah. But I'm also not a green bean casserole person.
1: I'm not either. But I, you know, we do. We do green bean almondine. So I get the air covair and we get the sliced almonds and we make those up because the air covair have a nice snap to them. That I'm right. into. I'm not into the green bean casserole either.
0: No, I just I will never understand the green. And, beans and by casserole. saying into, I'm
1: I'm the one who does the cooking, so I have to be into mm. it. Otherwise, I'm not eating it. Or <laughs> making it, I should say.
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan of mac and cheese as a side. I do dish. like that.
1: We've never done that as a family, but I, I like it. I've been elsewhere, like you get invited to someone's house at Thanksgiving. I like it. I think that's a great side dish. And like it stands on its own. Like if you don't like the turkey because you think like the host dried it out. You can hit the, you can go heavy on the mac and cheese and be fine.
0: Exactly, exactly. Also, my nephew is a very good baker, and he's oh. made some focaccia bread oh that that's I am nice. very excited to dig into as part of Thanksgiving.
1: I like focaccia bread. We we really don't have any bread anymore. We're probably all thinking too much about keto or things like that, but. I stuffing right. was different this year. Now, because, Thanksgiving
0: is the exception day for all of that.
1: Yeah, it should be um, Thanksgiving. Uh, stuffing is interesting because now my mom really can't make it. So this year we kind of switched it up and I bought a cornbread stuffing and it looks great. And I'm like interested to see the change because stuffing I can kind of deal with. I like my mom's. I don't like much else, but I I like cornbread though. So, you know, this could work.
0: Yeah, cornbread is always a good Thanksgiving side dish as well. I mean, I just like corn things.
1: Anything um, corn, yeah. Like if the you, corn kid, but <laughs> no corn's good. If you could get the, um, I went to Trader Joe and got um, what is it that roasted whatever corn that they have. It, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's that stuff is is money. So I'm I'm with you on that. And then you know, dessert wise, we've got. This year, I didn't go and order a cheesecake. A lot of times I have a couple of places near me that actually make them from scratch, but I just didn't feel like bothering. So I went with the Cheesecake Factory, like frozen batch, where they give you like eight, four different oh. flavors, like eight pieces. It's actually pretty good. Huh. It's actually really good. Oh, so different I went got flavors. That. Yes.
0: That's a good point that if you yes. don't get a whole one, you can get different. You get flavors. all these different
1: flavors that then you, there's no possible way your family can bitch at you, right?
0: Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> There's got to be a flavor they like.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the dessert plan is here. I was too focused on the main course, <laughs> but I assume there'll be something good. You got to pay it. attention.
1: I dessert's important.
0: Yeah. All right, that will do it for today's show, leaving you with our Flyers fun thing. This isn't really a Flyers fun thing. It's just a Thanksgiving fun thing. I have this goofy song that I really like for Thanksgiving, and it's from Debbie Friedman, and who is no longer with us, but uh, with us in spirit with this Thanksgiving song. It's Again, it's totally goofy, but uh, it makes a lot of sense on Thanksgiving. So I highly encourage you to click through and listen because it's, it's very funny.
1: I mean, as a kid, I used to love Charlie Brown Thanksgivings. Those were always fun.
0: Yeah, those are definitely good. Uh, yeah, we went straight from The Great Pumpkin, and now we're in Thanksgiving land in, as far as Snoopy yep. and Friends. All right, uh, we will be back tomorrow. We're going to talk about the weekend matchups against the Pens and the Isles and the latest flyers news. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. You can send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at Lockdown Flyers at Gmail. Plus, we're over on Instagram and YouTube. You can comment there as well. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R-Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
1: I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
0: Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and their take of the day. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great holiday, everyone.